You're listening to In the Studio with Michael Card. The session is made possible by our friends with the Christian Standard Bible. Learn about this new translation and the many ways you can enjoy the CSB. Explore online when you visit csbible.com. Title this program, Heal Our Land. I'm Wayne Shepherd with Michael Card, and it's time for In the Studio with Michael. And Michael, this is an observance of the uh, legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah, we always try to remember uh, Dr. King on the program, and we have on uh, this program um, one of the most articulate, I think, spokesmen uh, for the for King, and that's uh, uh, Kirk Whalem, who is. Uh, he just happens to be one of the greatest saxophone players in the world, but uh, is also a very good <laughs> yes, friend. He is. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, looking forward to talking to Kurt. I remember well when Kurt came to the studio. We're going to replay that conversation, and he actually is going to uh, play along with one of your songs coming yeah. up in the second half of our visit here today. Yeah, that's so. that's definitely something to look forward to. Yeah. Yep. Indeed. All right. Hey, I want to mention the Holy Land Illustrated Bible is our featured resource this week, the CSB Bible. Uh, this is an incredible Bible. I've been thumbing through it here for the past few minutes looking at its articles. It's, it's just full of articles and study notes. Uh, here's one on the tabernacle. It's history and use. Mm-hmm. It gives you great background on the scriptures here. You, you've seen this, right? Yeah, you know, and sometimes study Bibles, uh, it's, it's, uh, you end up reading the articles more than you read the Bible, but uh, this this Bible's not set up that way. Um, just it, it, you know, at the most vital um, points in the text, when it's it's nice to have some background, like the article on the tabernacle or the temple or Galilee or whatever you know the background needs to be. Uh, I think they've done a really good job of providing that. Right. Beyond the study Bible, the Holy Land Illustrated Bible, uh, you are getting uh, new lessons yourself because as this program is being heard, you are in Israel right now with with uh, leading tours there and uh, reliving that yourself. I hope I'm having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you are. I'm yeah. sure you are. I know the those who travel with you, I've spoken with several of them. Actually, I spoke with a friend just a few days ago as we uh, record this conversation who is planning on that trip right now uh, with you in January to the uh-huh. to Israel and she was very very excited about it. So well, there's some friendships uh our bus driver Kamal Tubasi who is one of the most Christ-like people I've ever known. There's some people who work in some of the shops over the years I've, I've become friends with. There's actually um um a guy I wouldn't call him a beggar, but he 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 sits outside the tomb of Lazarus and basically, you know, asks for money. He's a he's a he can't walk. Uh, Zed is his name. Uh, there, there's just people I'm so excited to be back with. Uh, some wonderful friendships over the years. It's interesting how it's become almost a second home for you. Yeah, yeah. If it wasn't just so hard to get there, that's the problem. Why does it have to be so far away? <laughs> yeah. Those those long plane rides, yeah. Uh-huh. I know how much you love those. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, before we move any further into this hour, Michael, let's pause now to hear your song, which I think is an appropriate song as we observe the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday here. A Better Freedom is the song from Michael Card now. 
Christ revealed himself to me Enslaved my soul and set me free I was bound to him at Calvary And found a better freedom That soul who suffered in the dark Has purchased and unchained my heart A shining slavery did impart To find a better freedom A better freedom can't be found By those unwilling to be bound A better freedom is not known By those whose hearts will not be owned And those who follow find A better freedom We never can be truly free Till we're bound to this community The incarnation lets us see A path to a better freedom A slave to sin my life before Was bolted like a prison door But in slavery to the risen Lord I found a better freedom A better freedom can't be found By those unwilling to be bound A better freedom is not known By those whose hearts will not be owned And those who follow find a better freedom Follow him and find a better freedom Come to him and find a better freedom Yeah, I think one of the, um, the the power that Martin Luther King's message had was that he was talking, certainly he was talking about freedom uh, from racism, but he also always had in mind that better freedom that the gospel gives us, and that's where his hope was, and that I think that was really the power uh, of his message. So we're, we're mindful of him today and, uh, and, and the freedom that he uh, sort of reintroduced us to. Yes. Well, thank you for the song of Better Freedom there, Mike. Um, we're going to hear now the uh, teaching that you did at the Billy Graham Training Center, the Cove in Asheville, North Carolina. This is uh, the first of several conversations on the mind of Jesus. Today is Thinking Like a Rabbi. So let's listen to that now, Mike, and then we'll be back later. Coming up in the second half today, Kirk Whalen will join us. So let's talk about his mind, the elegance of his mind. Uh, he thinks in Hebrew in the first place, which means he thinks in verbs. We think in nouns. He thinks in terms of radical reversal. He loves the world being turned upside down, rich, poor, uh, mature child, uh, that sort of thing. And that comes through. Well, you see his mind in the parables. You really see the way his mind works. He likes to say things in questions. And rabbis do that. That's a, that's a thing that maybe I guess is a Jewish thing. Rabbis love to ask you questions that they know you don't know the answer to. Okay? And Jesus does that. But he also says things with questions. Uh, Socrates says sometimes there's, a, there more, there's more knowing in the question than there is in the answer. And, uh, and Jesus uses, I think there's 307 some odd questions he a- asks and he answers three of them. Uh, we're going to look at his rabbinic mind in a, in a minute, his innovations and his interpretations. Uh, he, he makes an addition to what we call the pillars of piety. We're going to look at that. And he makes offense around the law, like the, like the 
the rabbis do, and that's, they're still doing that, but Jesus says it, obviously, uh, in a perfect way. So let's look at his rabbinic mind, Jesus' rabbinic mind, and I have two examples that I want to, want to, want to show you. And first of all, let me caution you, let me, you know, sidebar caution. One of the biggest sources of misunderstanding New Testament studies is that we take even the term, like the term rabbi, we take that term, which really didn't mean anything till after 70 AD and, and later, we've got to be clear, Jesus is in the proto-rabbinic period. There's, rabbinic Judaism is just beginning. We're not even sure what the word rabbi means. It means great one, but there's no such thing as an ordained rabbi in Jesus' day. So rabbi does, in his world doesn't mean what it means now. And one of the biggest sources of misunderstanding is we take <clears throat> a later worldview and we superimpose it on Jesus' world. Okay, so we don't, <clears throat> I don't want to do that. So you got to be very careful when you, even when you quote Jewish sources, you got to make sure when, when did that, when was that said? Um, there, there's a great example of a, of a, of a parable that, that's in the rabbinic literature that sounds a lot like one of Jesus' parables. And I had studied, and when I was studying his parable, I read this and they were talking about how Jesus, you know, had adapted this parable or obviously, and then I did the homework and realized that Jesus' parable version was older than the one in the Mishnah. And so there's a good chance that that rabbi heard it somehow from Jesus. He was quoting Jesus. Jesus wasn't quoting him. So that kind of thing can happen. So we gotta, we've got to be careful. And so even when I say Jesus' rabbinic mind, it's the proto-rabbinic period. It's, rabbinic Judaism is just, just beginning. The temple is still there. They're still offering sacrifices. There's still a high priest, right? Those festivals uh, involving the temple are still in place. So... I mean, do you see, do you understand what I'm saying? Is that clear? It's important that we, we do that. Well, one of the things that the rabbis do is they, it's called building a fence around the Torah. And we talked about this a little bit. When, when the Pharisees would say, you can't spit uh, on the Sabbath, they're building a fence around the Torah. Because the commandment says that you honor the Sabbath, but then there's not a lot of detail about how you do that. And so the Pharisees say, well, I'm going to help you with that. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to build a fence around the, the law so that you won't get cl- a fence, so that you won't get close to breaking it. See, I'm going to help you with that. And Jesus does that. And I wanted to, uh, to look at some of those uh, examples. And, and the list, the best list is in Matthew 5. So let's look at Matthew 5, starting at verse 17. Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. See, there it is. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And there it is. Amen, amen. Or one amen in Matthew. Uh, Amen. Until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter nor the least stroke of the pen will by any means disappear from the law until it is accomplished. Whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven but whoever, so the kingdom of heaven in Jesus' mind is composed of, composed of people who keep the commandments, okay? And, and there's someone who asks him, how do I get to, how do I, you know, how do I, I don't know if he says, how do I get into the kingdom? But, but anyway, Jesus says, well, you know, obey the commandments. Very conservative answer. Um, but whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. 
For I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Of course, he's introducing us to a new righteousness, not a righteousness that comes from you know, minute observances, but a righteousness that God gives us by grace, right? That, but that's coming. But here, here, is, here is Jesus building fences. Uh, you have heard it was said to the people long ago. Here's the law. Do not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. There it is. But I tell you, and here comes his fence, that I tell you that anyone who's angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone that says to his brother, Raka, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. But anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of hellfire. So if, in order to not murder, the fence is don't get angry. You see how that works? He's building a fence around the law for us. Uh, Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift in front of the altar. It's more important or it's, 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 there's primacy in the idea of you, you settling this with your brother before you offer your gift at the altar, but you're, they're still offering gifts at the altar. Israelite religion. See, that's still in the picture. Uh, First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who's taking you to court. Boy, is this true. I've been taken to court, and I sure wish I had settled them on the way to court. Do it while you are still with them on the way, or he may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. I tell you the truth, you will not get out until you've paid the last penny. And he is referring there to Proverbs 6.3, but he's not quoting it. He's thinking in Proverbs 6.3. So that's one example of Jesus building a fence around the law. Here's another one. You have heard it said, do not not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So you want to keep from committing adultery? Don't even look at another person that way. See, that's a fence uh, that's meant to help you. If your right eye caused you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. And that's another part of the way Jesus' mind works, hyperbole. He says way over the top things to make the point. So gouging out your eye is a pretty, uh, pretty uh, over the top um, example. It's better uh, for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell and, and on it goes. He, he, he gives this case for a door. It has been said, if anyone divorces his wife, he must give her a certificate of divorcement. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for marital unfaith commits adultery. So in order to not get to that point, you've got to realize uh, the seriousness of divorce. Let me say it that way. That's, a, that's, a, that's shaky ground right there. I don't want to get into that. Um, Uh, The Talmud says that a man should be careful lest he afflict his wife, for God counts her tears. And Jesus' position, this this, uh, very strict position on uh, divorce, comes from Shammai. Hillel was very easy about divorce. Shammai was very uh, very strict. But if you remember that Jesus is saying this to to protect women, this is a protection he's extending to women who are often abused in Jesus' world by divorce because Hillel would say, if you wake up in the morning and you don't like the way she fixes breakfast, you can divorce her for any reason. And so I'm glad, aren't you glad that Jesus got strict on Shammai and, and adapted or adopted Shammai's point of view because it's, it's, it, it, it protects women. 
Um, okay. Uh, again, 33, again, you have heard it, say, it was said to the people of old, don't break your oaths, but keep the oaths you've made. But I'm going to put a fence around the wall. I'm going to tell you, don't make an oath at all. Don't swear at all. How about that? Um, don't swear by heaven, for it's God's throne, or by earth, for it's his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it's the great city of the great king. Do not swear by your head. You cannot make one hair white or black. Just let your yes be yes and your no be no. Uh, and I, yeah, I've got a quote here. Uh, uh, someone really smart that uh, impacted me one day said, uh, oaths, oaths are a sign that we live in a world of lies. So let your yes be yes. You know, and that's a fence. See, it's a fence. Uh, and here's another fence. He, he, you know, he does it a bunch of times here. And Matthew collects them. Matthew, who collects things, has collected these for us. You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn uh, to him the other also. If someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If someone forces you to go one mile, Go with him two miles. And he's referring to Roman soldiers because Roman soldiers could force them. It was called the law of impressment from the Julian Code. You can, that, that's what they do to, um, uh, what's his name, that, they, that helps Jesus carry the cross? That, Simon, yeah. The soldier can say, you carry this, and by law you had to carry it for one mile. And Jesus says, okay, if they make you do that, carry it two miles. See, he's, he's, uh, he's putting a fence around the law to help us uh, understand it. And finally, here we go. Um, you have heard it was said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you that you may be sons of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Interesting that he can appeal to their Jewish sensibility. Even pagans do that, you know. Uh, but be perfect. And I think what he said was in Hebrew, do hesed, show hesed the way your father in heaven uh, shows hesed. So those are some examples of Jesus' rabbinic mind in, in uh, um, working with the law and adding a fence around the law. Um, the, the, later on in chapter six, now we're, I want to look at his additions to the to the pillars of piety. Okay, uh, and what are the pillars of piety? These are the if you're a Jew, you do these things. This isn't negotiable. You do these things. Okay, and there are three of them. The first one is giving to the poor. You've got to do that. There's no choice. You do that. Uh, second, prayer, keeping the hours of prayer, and third is fasting. Those are the pillars of piety. But now G Jesus, with his rabbinic mind, is going to add something to those because that's what rabbis do. Okay? So, um, so let's look at, this is Matthew 6, the very next thing. Um, be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So, here's the first pillar of piety. When you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth. There's your amen. They have the re received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, 
and this is a unique statement to Jesus that's found no place else in the ancient literature, do not know what your left hand, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That's a figure of speech that's unique to him. Um, so that your giving may be in secret, then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And let me tell you just from the outset, the, the thing that he adds to the pillar of pillars of piety is you do them in secret. You don't do them to be seen. You don't give to the poor to be seen. You don't pray out in the open to be seen, right? Uh, you don't fast to be seen. You do it in secret because it's between you and God. That's what he's added, okay? So I'll just give it away. So here's prayer. Here's the second pillar of piety. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand praying in the synagogues, just like they gave money in the synagogues. See the world, world he's in. And on the street corners to be seen by men. Uh, amen, amen, or amen, they have received the reward in full. When you pray, go into your inner room, and this is a special Greek word for uh, uh, the storeroom that's in the middle of your house, which is the only room in your house that has a door, okay? So you go into the mi middle room of your house so you can shut the door. Um, go into your room, Tamion, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, um, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't keep babbling like the pagans. There he's appealing to their Jewish sensibilities. Uh, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. He's thinking in Ecclesiastes 5.2, by the way, there. Do not be like them. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. So this is how you pray. And then he gives us uh, the, the Lord's Prayer, this exemplary prayer, which is so simple. But it begins with a Pharisaic prayer formula. Our Father in heaven, Avinu HaBihashamayim, is Hebrew. That's how the Pharisees began their prayers. So he begins it, uh, uh, he begins it with a Pharisaic prayer formula, which is interesting. Uh, bits and pieces of that prayer all come from different Jewish prayers uh, and, and uh, very interesting. So here's the final one. The final uh, pillar of piety is fasting. And when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces uh, to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth. There's amen. They have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So there it is. So his addition to the pillars of piety is you do them in secret. You don't do those things to be seen by people. One of the first times I ever went to Israel, I, I sat in a, on the plane next to a rabbi and, uh, and he looked at me with this big smile on his face. He goes, I'm fasting. And the guy would go, that's, re that's really cool. But I immediately thought, okay. and he wasn't being arrogant or anything like that, but he wanted me to know he was fasting, a total stranger. And I thought, well, that was interesting that he, you know, he wants me to know that. Um, okay, so those are, that's, we're talking about his mind. That's his rabbinic mind. That's from Michael's series recorded at the Cove in Asheville, North Carolina. Walk with Jesus, and this week it was Thinking Like a Rabbi. Next time in part two, who does Jesus think he is? Well, I, uh, I'm looking forward to that, Michael. Thank you for this teaching. Well, I, I think that's a really good question. I mean, who does he think yeah. he is? Yeah. Right, right. And he's pretty, he's pretty clear about it, so that's, that's, that's a good message. 
I'll say he's clear about it. All right, well, we have to wait. (laughs) We'll have to wait on that. Hey, here's a note from a listener, dear Michael Card and Wayne. I'm a listener for many years, and I'm blessed to tears of joy as well as repentance through your teaching and music. Hmm. I listen and re-listen to most of your podcasts. Well, that takes a commitment, doesn't it? Yeah. Today, I listened to your discussion with Dr. Bruce Waltke in Proverbs. I remember that so well. That was years ago we recorded that. Yeah, I hope it wasn't a discussion. I hope it was us letting Dr. Waltke do most of the talking. <laughs> I, I hope so, too. I'm sure yeah. it was. Yeah. Uh, Janet says that it's another listening of joy and repentance, growth wow. and renewal. Thank wow. you for your faithfulness to the Lord and His Word. Thank you for your commitment to use your gifts of music, creativity of study, and teachers of like heart so that those of us who listen may be enriched. Janet, wow. thank you for that note. Always such thoughtful notes we get from our listeners. Thank you yeah. very much for that. Yeah, it just takes your breath away. And again, that she would take the time to write a note and send it in or email it in. That's, uh, uh, that never ceases to amaze me. Thank you, Janet. Right. Well, we're calling this program Heal Our Land. And of course, it's on the occasion of the honoring Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, tell me about this next song. Well, um, it's, it's the idea is that life is a pilgrimage. Um, and again, I think this sort of fits into uh, Dr. King's message that we're going somewhere. We haven't arrived yet, but um, you, you live your, your life in this world uh, aware of the fact that you, you know this you're on a path. You're, you, you have none of us have arrived. We're all pilgrims. And of course, the big question is, where are you going? <laughs> Where is that pilgrimage leading you? And uh, for those of us who know who Jesus is and what he means, we're going to the city of God. We're going to be with him. And uh, that's our hope. Pilgrims of passion, we follow the one who holds out a cross and a crown. We travel a dark road that has but one light. We have here no lasting town And sometimes we run by the power of his might On our own at the best we can plod What we hopefully look for is just beyond sight We are pilgrims to the city of God Stigma of strangers lost in a strange land In a fallen world that's not our home But we are not just homeless prodigals here Because we have some place to go And sometimes we run by the power of his might On our own at the best we can plod What we hopefully look for is just beyond sight We are pilgrims to the city of God Pilgrims to the city of God Behold you have come to Mount Zion The city of the great King To thousands and thousands of angels who've come Assemble to joyfully sing And they sing (laughs) 
Sometimes we run by the power of his might On our own at the best we can plod What we hopefully look for is just beyond sight We are pilgrims to the city of God Pilgrims to the city of God What a moving time so far, and there's more ahead in the second half of this podcast you won't want to miss. If what you're hearing has stirred you to want to explore the scriptures further, look online for more from Michael that can help. Find music and books that explore the great themes in scripture. Michael's latest book is a collection of teaching on the life of Christ called The Nazarene. Come explore all that's available for you at michaelcard.com. If you're new to this podcast, be sure to look through the podcast archive for an extensive collection of classic and current editions to hear, enjoy, and share. Coming up, music and conversation with Kirk Whalem, waiting for you after this message in the studio with Michael Card. I'm so glad the Holy Land Illustrated Bible is this month's featured resource. I spent a lot of time traveling throughout Israel, and I learned new things about the life situation of the scriptures every time I go. This Bible edition reminds me of where I've been in Israel, and I hope it'll make the scriptures come alive for you too. Search for Holy Land Illustrated Bible at csbible.com and read more about this unique study tool. When you order, apply your 40% discount on the CSB purchase through LifeWay. Type CARD40 with caps, no spaces, in the promotion code for your 40% discount with LifeWay. The Holy Land Illustrated Bible is packed with hundreds of pictures, articles, maps, and illustrations that will bring the ancient world to life. Dig deep into the text as you discover the meaning and message of God's Word to you today. I hope you take advantage of this beautiful and well-thought-out study edition of the Bible. Search for Holy Land Illustrated Bible now at csbible.com. Of a heart that is hard A reason that's nothing at all And there was a man who was owned by his money He was as rich as could be But deep in his heart was a voice that was crying Telling him he wasn't free When he questioned the master concerning his problem The answer took his breath away For his money had come to me more than his soul Forever would stand in his way What will it take to keep you from Jesus? Keep you from heeding his call? The simple excuse of a heart that is hard A reason that's nothing at all before you stop with your reasons Take your defenses away It's only a lie that keeps you from following Don't let it stand in your way So many excuses and so many lies Are blocking the light and the way 
But the final decision to follow the Lord Will shatter and blow them away about Jesus he knew that he longed to be whole so with some of his friends he went seeking and found him so many stood in their way so they tore through the roof and they lowered him down for nothing could keep him away and what will it take to keep you from Jesus keep you from heeding his call the simple of a heart that is hard A reason that's nothing at all I could listen to that a second time. Yeah, whenever I doubt my musicianship, I just think, well, I got to play with Kirk Whalem, so. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you mean. Kirk Whalem, welcome in the studio here. Oh, man, thank you. It's uh, an honor and a pleasure. You know, when it's an honor, it's not always a pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Michael, let's give our, our friend a proper introduction here. Uh, well, Kirk Whalem, I don't know. He's kind of one of those people that doesn't really need to be need to be introduced if you know anything about music. Um, yeah, so let's just move on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, I mean, uh, you know, there's there's two guys I consider to be the greatest musicians I've ever known. Uh, one of them's Vance Taylor, who played with Earth, Wind, and Fire, and the other's Kirk Whalem. All right. So, but you have a story about this guy. I do. Let me. Can I tell yeah. a, a quick story on you, Kirk? Well, yeah, I'm, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm, 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 you know, I'm grimacing. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to tell it anyway. So it's, it's, it's the way that he does worship services. So before the service, he takes these little slips of paper that have Bible verses on them, kind of scatters them through the crowd, and then the, the service starts. He walks down the aisle with the saxophone on, and he touches you on the shoulder. You read that verse, and then he, all I can say is. He plays that verse uh-huh. on the saxophone, interpreting it, and, and then segues into a hymn that everyone knows, and then we, we all sing On to the next one. And huh? then we go on to the next verse. He did that for like a couple of hours, and I was with uh, George Guthrie. He was like one of the great Bible scholars of all time. George looks over at me and said, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> Kirk, Kirk, where does that come from? Where'd you get that idea? That's a good idea. I, I mean, question, I think really that you know, I, I became convinced, uh, uh, convicted at a certain point, that music, in some ways, is a truer manifestation of of the of this this hesed that I later learned on learned. You know, from my buddy Michael. You know, this loving kindness, this grace, this tender mercy. Um, you know. The the written word can come off sometimes, you know, strident depending on who's interpreting it and 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 who's listening, you know, because mm. 
you know, people bring their own set of, of beliefs and sort of confusion and all of that, you know, to that moment. But the music can go in. Um, I always say that music can break and enter into a person's heart, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And and it does all the time. Like like you don't really have any any defense mechanism, like any alarm system, you know, to to you know to keep music out. You know, you just it, it, people who are hearing uh, impaired that that they're the only ones who can say, well, yeah, you you can't get to me. But if you've got ears that are functioning well, then music gets in there. Yeah. And the question is, you know, what does it do then? And and I would say that, you know, not just Christian music, but just music that God's hand is on goes in there and it doesn't take anything. It deposits something. Mm-hmm. Imagine if, if people broke in your house and left you some money. <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> doesn't <laughs> happen very often, um, does it? <laughs> well, Socrates says... Socrates says, when the soul hears music, it lets down its best guard. Mm, okay, I, I, so that, that is a much more articulate way well, of no, stating it. Well, no, that's exactly what you just said, though, right? This music has this way in that nothing else has. Yeah, it's powerful. I, I totally agree, man. Yeah. Huh. Well, so and, I do believe that, you know, when we, when we allow ourselves to be open to the Spirit um, in, in this, not just interpreting, but kind of manifesting what what the Spirit would say to us, what yeah. Jesus would say to us, and not say through our our, our cognitive channels, you know, uh, that are so kind of distorted and messed up, but that, but just say directly to our hearts. And that is a big, big topic, and it's not it's there's not a whole lot of research you can do on it, except that man, I, I think I just got a blessing, you yeah. know. Hmm. Hey, uh, Kirk, Michael has been playing some of your latest project here today, Humanite. And, uh, boy, what an incredible album. Man, thank you. It's really different for me. Um, You're listening to my very selfish, um, you know, 60th birthday present to myself. uh, And it it was more or less me at 59 going, hmm, I'm about to be 60. And it seems like (laughs) last time I did one of these, you know, big, big, you know, moments, I was turning 40, and I said, it, it, it just happened two weeks ago, it was, I was turning 40. Yeah, you know? right. So, <laughs> yeah, right. It goes know? fast. So I, you know, and I said, another two weeks, man, I'm going to be turning 80 if this happens again. <laughs> and, Somehow you know, I think you'll so, still be playing that saxophone, though. <laughs> dude, I said, get moving. You yeah. know, what is it that you had in mind when you learned Spanish, when you learned French, when you... You know, initially, you know, traveling the world with Bob James, and you, and and what 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 did you have in your mind that you thought you would have done by the time you were sixty? And yeah. so, like whatever that is, get it done. And so, humanite is is kind of the answer to that question. Well, it's, it's an incredible community of musicians. I mean, I I couldn't I couldn't believe now. I just I downloaded it, so I didn't get all of the. All of the lyrics, and and I really want to know which songs of these you wrote because there's one of them that sounds like you um, mm-hmm. to me. But I, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out who wrote what. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm going to send you all that info uh, postpartum, <laughs> and uh, and also I'm going to send you the the, the the physical CD. But but yeah, just to say, I co-wrote a lot of this music. Okay. I wrote some of it, you know. But but the idea was to collaborate. 
uh, both in the writing and performing, with 14 artists from eight countries. Wow! And we went to those countries to do the to, to do the writing and and recording. And you know, I was in France, I was in Nigeria, Kenya, and South Africa, and Japan, and Indonesia, and on and on. And and even have an artist uh, from New Zealand, but she came to Memphis. But but yeah, we co-wrote. Wow. And, and by the way, her song she wrote. But yeah, we 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 co-wrote a lot of this stuff. Man. Wow. So the one that sounds to me like you is Peace. Did you write Peace? Oh, that's funny. So uh, that was that was robbery. Um, okay. I, I heard this <laughs> song. This. This this beautiful ballad that um, Grace Hedetian had written, mm-hmm. and just because I I heard her when I was at Java Jazz uh, Festival, this huge festival in Jakarta, uh-huh. and I heard her by accident. And she's a young artist. Um, it may have just touched me for profoundly, but an emerging artist. Like you know, her her fan loyal fan base is probably in Indonesia. At that point, it was probably you know four thousand people uh-huh. max. And man, um, I one I, I kept trying to write something for her, but I'm like, man, this song just speaks to me. And I, I said, what if we were to redo this song and make it kind of? Ah, okay. <laughs> I, I was embarrassed to say it, but I said, what what if it's kind of a dance song? It's it's like they could play it in a disco in a yeah. club, yeah, but with the same message and all in this the section that says, you know, the peace comes over me, um, and my words just fade away. I, I choose to dream forever. Like, this is the impact that God had on her life. And she happens to have been walking with God for a long time. A lot of the folks in these on these collaborations are, are not Christians. Uh-huh. You know, one is a Muslim, one is, you know, this and that. And But I thought this is a, a great way for me to share my faith and then learn from their faith tradition and just share the moment and let God do whatever God is going to do. Okay, well, surely you wrote Everybody Ought to Be Free. That's you, right? I did write that one, yeah. Okay. But um, I'm trying to think if that one... How about Get Your Wings... Yeah, wi- I, wrote, I wrote that one. How about Get Your Wings Up? That's my favorite one. That is such a cool song. So yeah. that's the song by Andrea Lisa, who originally South African, but grew up in New Zealand. Okay. That's her song. Like, I, uh. I heard her on a cruise ship. And again, th- this is the story of humanity, like the, the project. I encountered these young artists, um, uh, you know, in one way or another. Her, I heard as I was performing on a cruise ship that she and her band had been the house band for this, wow. for this cruise line. But they were performing that week because it was like there was 12 artists, jazz artists, on this cruise. It was a jazz um, cruise. Wow. And so she's like getting to hear some of her heroes. And apparently I was one of her heroes. Okay. And I'm like, I just don't get that. I mean, she's 24, <laughs> you know, and how does she even know who I am? And so that's, by the way, Michael, you know, concerning your music, too, we're always shocked, you know, when we find out, wow, somebody in, you know, Kenya or somewhere yeah. is, is loving this music that you're doing. So yeah. that was the case. And I and I heard, I met her and eventually, yeah, she's in Memphis hanging out with Ruby and me and recording in my home studio. Wow. And I asked her if we could record her song, uh, Get Your Wings Up. Man, Fabulous. that's a great song. Fabulous. Yeah. Well, the album is Humanite? Humanité, yeah. Humanité, and it really is a, a global album. That, that's what struck me about it, and we love it. Um, I'm going to change gears because I know your home is Memphis, Kirk, and I know you grew up there, and I know that the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. 
uh, really has impacted your life. Well, and part of the theme of Humanité is the beloved community. Yes, right, right. So they do come together. Absolutely. And I have to give credit to the filmmaker Jim Hainan, who some of some of our folks would know from End of the Spear. It was a great, wow. uh, excellent yeah. movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah, but Jim Jim just, when he found out, I told him, hey, man, I'm, I'm doing this cool thing. I'm going. He said, okay, when are we leaving, <laughs> basically? Uh-huh. And uh, so he documented the whole thing. But he was the one, at the end of that, all that traveling, we ended up in Memphis, and he's interviewing me now after we did this whole record. Yeah. And we're in Memphis, and we're celebrating just so happens, the 50th anniversary of the assassination of Martin King, you know, blocks from where we were. And and so I'm just giving my impressions about that and talking about it. And so he, he came back to me later when he went through the footage. He said, man, that's the name of the, the new name of this documentary is Humanite, the, the beloved community. Oh. So he saw in the work that, that I do and that we're doing, in making these, um, not just collaborations, just life connections with these young artists from all these countries, he saw in their stories these parallels that led to this, that Martin's dream of the of beloved community. Mm. Wow. What, what is meant by the beloved community to you, Kirk? So, so you know, I can, I can say that what I, and sure, Mike would, would um, agree with this, that what Martin was speaking about, and by the way, he, the folks he had to convince, uh, a lot of them were white clergy, you know, those were the ones that were telling him, yeah, man, not not now. Uh, you yeah. know, we need to, you know, do this incrementally, blah, 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 and and it just hurt him so bad, man, but 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 he he began to, uh, to lift off in, into the stratosphere of the beloved community. It wasn't just this very important thing of civil rights for black people, people of color, it's now poor people of all stripes and in all cultures around the world. And so then all of a sudden you're stepping on some toes because he said, like, for instance, and this is, remembers the 60s, he's like, what about the people of Vietnam? These poor people, why are we going over there killing them? I I don't understand. You know, and so now all of a sudden he's in a political conundrum here at home because that war was making a lot of folks a lot of money, yeah. and and so and and thus some would say uh, his days were numbered uh, from that moment. So, mm-hmm. so so the beloved community has to do with people who are otherwise marginalized, um, you know, misunderstood, uh, oppressed uh, in, in all cultures, and and that that makes it a completely different thing. Mm. And this goes deep with you because of your Memphis roots. That, that's right, man. You know, I was only nine when he was killed, but, you know, I knew, I think instinctively that there was bigger than, okay, this is a great preacher who got killed or the, the leader of the civil rights. You know, it was bigger than, I knew that it was a spiritual battle, a huge spiritual battle that was lost that impacts all of creation, all of culture, writ large, mm-hmm. worldwide. I knew somehow, because otherwise, you know, why I couldn't sleep. I mean, I can remember just humming something to myself at night, trying to just get my mind off of it as a nine-year-old, trying to just go to sleep. But, yeah, it does impact me. Both my parents were active in the movement. Of course, my dad, as a black preacher, you were in the movement, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, whether or not you wanted to be. (laughs) And 
because of the black clergy, you know, pretty much that's where a lot of the leadership came from, including Martin King. Yeah. So and thankful yeah, for you know, it. Being yeah. a, a, in Memphis, it's, it's a big deal. And the celebration was incredible, uh, that 50-year celebration. Mm. Well, a lot of people don't know uh, the, the spot where, where he was killed, the Lorraine Motel, also has connections to music. It's right down the street from uh, Stax, right? Yep. And that's where a lot of people, it was a black-only hotel, mm-hmm. and that's where a lot of people went to write music. Hmm. Yeah, it's, and right. you, you taught you taught That's me right. all that. Well, yeah, Michael, you know you're what we call the cognoscenti. Uh, it's like you know some stuff that not a lot of people know, <laughs> and, and yeah, it was it was. And by the way, it wasn't black only. But the idea is that when it's owned by black people, and, and pretty much in any circumstance, it's open to everyone, uh-huh. and that and that was the point. You know, that, ah, I didn't know that, that. You know what I mean? That they could be. In that space, uh, because remember the the the, the house band for Stax Records, STAX for folks who want to look it up, uh, was an interracial band. It was two yeah. white guys and two black guys. Yeah. You know, Steve Cropper on guitar, Duck Dunn on guitar, you know, Booker T on the organ, et cetera. So, you know, the idea that they would go to this place, this hotel, because they frankly, because it had a nice pool and they could hang out. Mm-hmm. But it didn't matter if it was black people and white people hanging out together. Now, but am I right that, that after King was killed, that, that Stack sort of lost, that that kind of fell apart? Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, it all went away. And, um, and I mean, eventually, literally closed down. Wow. Um, and, and they talk about, you know, Steve Cropper talks about how you know, it's like you walk back in that place. And by the way, uh, also uh, Booker T just has a new record out, and he and he's been on on the circuit. You know, talking about this moment uh-huh. where you walk back into this place where race kind of existed in the best way. You know, yeah. so well, race doesn't exist. Well, no, it existed, but it existed in a way where wow, I see what you bring to this yeah. moment, and I'm bringing this, and you appreciate what I'm bringing. So it's this beautiful uh, synergy. All of a sudden, that that was gone because the wow. magic of it was gone. Because now, all of a sudden, oh, geez, man, um, you know, white people, are, you know, responsible for this and but it, it was just, it was, it was not the same ever. Yeah, that's so sad. Kirk Whalem. Kirk, I got to tell you, uh, I become a fan of your music through Michael's influence. Michael's the first one to ever mention you to me, and I, I'm so grateful for that. And just love what you've done with this new album too, Humanite. And I like Thank to you, I like to say Kirk's a he's a pretty good musician he's a great brother yeah he's Christ's man yeah. in, in his world right that yeah. that music world so it, yeah, it's amazing fairly good musician but you're <laughs> you're a great brother <laughs> <laughs> I, I would agree with that first part it's, it's, it's interesting I think it was it was uh, um, Winton Marsalis who, who once said that the music humbles you yes. Uh. Like you don't have to worry about really if you dig into it and you see what's really there. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, it, it takes care of the, yep. the, the humiliation yep. part. Yeah, yeah. Well, you learn humility by being humiliated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, brother, thank you for joining us. And because of our conversation about uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, I thought it'd be appropriate to ask Michael to sing "Heal Our Land" here as we end our conversation. So, Kirk, yes. thank you. God bless you, man. Love you both.
seek your face and hearts to understand that you alone make all things new and the blessings of the land we love are really gifts from you if my people will humbly pray and seek my face and turn away from all their wicked ways then I will hear them and move my hand and freely then will I forgive and I will heal their land Unite our hearts in one accord and make us hungry for your peace and burden for the poor and grant us hope that we might see a future for the land we love our life our liberty if my people will humbly pray and seek my face and turn away from all their wicked ways truth and song to wrap up this session, please feel free to post a comment on the Michael Card Music Facebook page. Write via email in the studio at michaelcard.com, and we look forward to reading your comments. Learn about Michael's books and music at michaelcard.com. You can write a review on Apple Podcasts or share the link with what you've discovered on your favorite social media platform. And we're glad for the partnership with our sponsors at the Christian Standard Bible. Visit csbible.com to learn more about the great Bible editions that can help you get serious with God's Word. This month, we're featuring the Holy Land Illustrated Bible. Immerse yourself in the world at the time the Scripture was written. There's hundreds of pictures, helpful charts and articles, and illustrations about the situation in Bible times that will bring the Scripture to life. Search for Holy Land Illustrated Bible. When you order, use the promotion code CARD40 typed with all caps and no spaces to receive your 40% discount on CSB purchases through LifeWay. The Christian Standard Bible at csbible.com. Now for all of us on the team, Ron Davis, Susan Sermon, Lance Mansfield, and our producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for sitting in with us for this session in the studio with Michael Card.